that we praise the God who is the only one who can. So before we got saved, we counted on our own strength. We counted on the strength of man. We counted on our employer to provide. When God, when we turned to Jesus and gave our lives to him, that not only is he gonna take care of all these worldly things, but all the spiritual things he's gonna take care of. He's gonna give you joy that no one can take from you. He's gonna break off chains that no man can and provide for you in a way that you've never been taken care of before. So let's worship him and just ask him to come. That we let's ask him that we just want more of you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come like a flood, like a fire, a penetrating fire that cannot be put out. He is so good. We just thank you, Lord, that you are the one who can, the only one.
some of you to renew the joy of your salvation.
I believe he's speaking to some of you. Fear word. Some of your hearts are being encouraged today. I believe that. So listen to him. And receive what he's doing. In the name of Jesus. Refreshing times. New seasons breaking forth. In Jesus' name. Some harvest where there's been some sowing. In Jesus' name. Oh. Morning turning into to dancing and laughing. Jesus' name. It's the freshness. New perspectives being open for your eyes to see and ears to hear. In Jesus' name. Thank you. If, if, if any of that's you, just just thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you.
Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Hi, live streamers, wherever you're watching, Facebook or uh, YouTube or whatever platform we're on. It's good to see you. Say hi, uh, wherever you're watching. Love to uh, interact with you today. All right, we'll get ready for tithe and offering. If you have something to give, you can prepare that. Offering envelopes from the chairs in front of you. Um, if not, the ushers will have offering envelopes. The prayer, ushers also have prayer cards. If you have a prayer request, uh, wave your hand around and, and grab one of those and turn those in to me after the service. We'd love to pray for uh, the prayer needs that you have. Uh, but we're thankful for all of you. And let's pray over your tithe and offering. And if you have something, you can bring it down this morning. Lord, we thank you. As we continue our worship today and our fellowship with one another, the outpouring of how you have loved us and the way that we love others, and also in our giving today, that our giving honors you. And it's another expression of our overflowing thanksgiving to you, Lord. And that we're a people that in all that we do, that there is an expression of thanksgiving and worship that comes from our lives, from our hearts, deep within us. And the actions of our life, Lord, are representative of a life that serves you. I pray as we give today, that's the attitude of our heart. And I thank you, Lord, for all the things that you have done. It shows up in so many different ways in our lives, including provision. As we give today, it's, it's an honoring of, of the goodness that you show us in our lives, Lord. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, we all say, amen. All right, can bring it if you have it. I do have a couple of announcements for you. Um, don't forget, uh, the uh, fundraiser for Sycamore House is still happening. You can pick up these baby bottles at the back door. If you have questions about that, Mike is right there front and center. You can see him about it. I think we have another week or so left about this. So uh, if you haven't done it yet and you're planning on it, please pick those up soon and take care of that. Uh, don't forget, uh, we got the last Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of June. So about a month from now is our yearly vacation Bible school. So we're going to start advertising heavy for that this coming week. So put that on your calendar. And also our youth summer camp for 5th through 12th grade uh, which is part of uh, the Only Believe uh, campus system. Uh, that is July 13th through 15th. Uh, we have some more details about that. So summer things happening for your kids and your youth. And then beyond that, kind of the biggest announcement today is, today is Vision Casting Sunday. So uh, church will probably be a little bit uh, shorter today than normal. And here's what's going to happen. If you're if, uh, a member of this church, you call this your church home or, or uh, you're, you pretty much are, are engrafted into us and you've never made a formal commitment. That's okay. Uh, we want you to stay after church today. If you totally forgot, that's fine. Uh, what we're going to do is when church is over, I'm going to give you a five-minute break or so, gather up what you need to, come back, and we'll start our meeting. And then uh, about 11.45, uh, the chicken will get here and we'll break and grab some food and come back and finish the meeting, okay? So uh, some subjects I want to cover today. Uh, if you're wondering, we're going to cover updates on church finances. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, things coming up in regards to Dream Team stuff, outreach stuff, just 
uh, looking forward to the rest of this year into 2024. So roughly once a year, uh, we get together and just do some vision casting and just talk about the church and, and things that are happening. And that way, if you come to mind any questions you have, you can get with me later about those things. But today, today's an important day because what I like to do is give information. And I want you to have information. So that way, the more information you have, the better uh, we can go forward as a church. So that's happening today right after service. All right. So having said that, get your Bibles out. God refreshes you when you learn to pay attention to him. There you go. You need your glasses, right? I would be in trouble without mine. Need your glasses. Not my message, but let me just say this again. God refreshes you when you learn to pay attention to him. Often we want refreshed by God, but we're never paying attention to him. And we want him to work outside of our conscious decision to be in relation with him. And though God works beyond our understanding a lot of different ways, he never forces himself into your life, right? You can be refreshed when you learn to pay attention. And again, let me just say something. I haven't said it in a while, so, but I know that this is the dead horse I kick all the time. Remember, you must learn to slow down. And if you don't slow down to pay attention, you'll miss what he's trying to do. And with the spasticness and the craziness of our lives, and everybody's lives are busy in some manner. So, so when my kids were all still at home, I was busy with my kids. Now my kids left, I'm busy with other stuff. Our lives just get busy no matter what stage of life you're in. You gotta learn to slow down. And, and lend your ear to the spirit. You get so busy, he's trying to refresh you. He's trying to break into your personal world, but you're so busy that you're just, you're just moving by him so much. Remember, slow down, take time, okay? Amen? All right, Philippians chapter 3. Don't turn there. Don't, Christian, I think Christian's back there. Don't throw this up on the screen. I'm going to read you one verse. We're going to come back later and read the fullness of this. But Philippians chapter 3 in the middle of saying a bunch of stuff, Paul says that I may know him. He's talking about Jesus. That I may know him. I want to talk to you about that today. I want, I want to, we're going to probably spend the next handful of weeks talking about discipleship. But I want to get the heart of what it means to be a disciple today. Paul writes and he captures it that I may know him write that word no we're going to talk about that christian there's a slide that first slide if you'll throw that up there for me we'll start with the slide today a little bit different today you cannot know jesus secondhand you cannot know jesus secondhand you can't know him if you keep him at arm's distance You can't know him just by saying, I know some stuff about him. I, I would even say this. Knowledge even goes beyond saying you believe some stuff about him. We'll talk about that in a minute. But you can't know him secondhand. 
You've got to discover experience with him in certain ways to actually learn to know him. And this is the essence of discipleship. So if somebody was to ask you the question, here's a question, why do you follow Jesus? Okay, how many of you claim to follow him? Okay, most of us here. Why? If you were to answer that question and give me a reason, a one-sentence answer, why do you follow Jesus? You'd probably say some different things. Some of you might say something like this, well, because I believe in him. Okay, yeah, that's not a bad answer. Uh, some people might say, well, I follow him because I want to get to heaven. Okay, but that's not the best answer. We'll talk about, about that in a second. Okay, but, but you may have some different reason as to why you say you follow him, but you should eventually come around to this. I follow him because I want to know him. And that's the essence of discipleship. Think about this. When Jesus died on the cross, he didn't do so so God would then put up with us. Think about it. Jesus didn't die on the cross so God would put up with us. Jesus died on the cross because God loves us. And that's a whole world of difference right there. Remember, the, the thrust of salvation, for all the different things you can think about that entails what it means to be saved, the thrust of salvation is reconciled relationship with God. That's the whole point. Right? That's the thrust. In other words, God wants reconciled personal relationship with each one of us. God is a relational being. God is not a religious idea. God is not a set of religious beliefs or doctrines. God is a being that is relational. Think about that. The word relationship looms large when it comes to Christianity. So you can say, why do I follow Jesus? I follow Jesus because I want to get to heaven. Okay. Eternity with God is a byproduct of reconciled relationship. Eternity with God is not or the idea of heaven is not the thrust of salvation, it's the byproduct of what salvation brings, and that's reconciled relationship. you got to think about it that way. See, God wants relations with each one of us. So I want to get at today is I want to get at your desire. So I want to ask you a question. Is there a consistent hunger within you to know him? For all the things we hunger for and desire and thirst for in life, is there a consistent hunger in your being to know him? See, when Paul writes that, I want to know him, again, we'll, we'll read the fullness of that scripture in a minute. When Paul uses that word know, he's not talking about head knowledge, though it includes that. 
Paul is talking about personal experience. So, so if, if uh, you were getting to know somebody, you can get their kind of, you know, personal uh, where they live, where they work, you know, may, maybe a cell number. You can get the basic information about them, but you don't know them. That's why God is not just a set of things that I believe. He is a being that desires relationship. Do you have a consistent hunger, a desire within you to know him? That's a, that's a big question. That is the essence of discipleship. You think about this. Think about it this way. So Adam and Eve were in the garden, and the Bible says that God walked with them, right? That is a very personal relationship. They knew God in such a way that they would take an evening stroll with him in the cool of the day in the garden. And what happened? Sin. And sin wrecked that relationship. It brought division. Adam and Eve were put out of the garden. And from then on, man either chooses to find God because God presents himself or choose to live life without him. Right? Well, then Jesus comes, human, physical form, and he has relations with people. But Jesus ascends. We also know that Jesus is coming back again. And the fullness of the kingdom is going to be established in that moment, sort of a veil in a certain way is going to be lifted in, in a way that, again, personal and up-close relationship is happening. But from God walking in the garden to Jesus being here and ascending and Jesus coming again, what about this time we're in now? Can you know him beyond a set of things that you believe? That's the question. And that's the essence of discipleship is that I actually begin to know him in a personal, relational way. So in all the things you think about what is discipleship, it's got to start with a hunger to actually know him. See, you hear, the, you hear this thing a lot that Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. How many ever heard that? Okay, I have a bit of a quarrel with that. I'll tell you why in a minute. But in essence, it's true. But if that is really true, if, if at the core of what Christianity is, is a relationship with God, so I then have another question. Do you have a relationship with him? Think about that. Do you actually have what you would consider a thriving, flourishing relationship with God, this being that you cannot see. And here, the, the essence of discipleship. See, what I do know is that relationship, it entails experience. So what happens is when, when man is separated from God and relationship 
in that way is, is severed. The question of who am I and what am I supposed to be doing gets lost. Because a human being's question of who am I and what is my vocation or what am I supposed to be doing can only be bound up in a relationship with the one who made you. And if there's not a relational uh, him and me interacting experience, those questions of who am I and what I'm supposed to be doing kind of get lost and will not be fully fulfilled. What man does in the loss of identity and loss of vocation, we end up in idol worship in some way because we replace what our relationship should be with him with other things. It gets lost. We know we're supposed to be figuring things out in that level, so we look and we search and we find different stuff to fulfill what should be a relationship with God. You see what I'm getting at? But I know that relationship entails experience. How many of you can tell something that, man, I just, I just had a moment with God or I had an experience with God or, or, or this happened. How many of you have stories like that? You may not be able to explain it all, but you know God did something. Anybody? That went beyond a list of things that you believe, right? That's what I'm getting at. To know him beyond stuff that you know <laughs> that it got down here. See, let's, let's read this, what, what Paul's writing. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 3. We'll st start in verse 4. Though I myself, picking up mid-thought here, Paul writing, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. And now Paul talks about his past here. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. That's who Paul was. Then Paul meets Jesus. Watch what he says about this. Indeed, I count everything at loss or as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain who? Christ. And be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in my sufferings, in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection of the dead. There's a goal. But not that I've already attained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I don't 
consider to have it made it uh, my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on to the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Watch this, verse 15. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything, any, anything you think otherwise, God will reveal it, that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. You see that knowledge of, of, of Christ is so important to Paul? So much so that when he met him, began to know him, his whole entire past he considered it a loss. And anything else that he gained in his life to be lost because of Jesus, that was rubbish anyway. It's garbage. It's not worth anything. Because the greatest thing that I can have is knowledge and knowing Jesus. See that. But when you begin to know him, then you can say things like, man, I, I, I'm beginning to experience him in the power of his resurrection. But you know, I'm also experiencing what it means to share in his sufferings, too. And these things are personal. Right here. Not, not things that I simply believe, but they're personal. Experiences with the God who desires relationship with me. Amen. See, when you take relationship out of Christianity, listen to what I'm going to say here. You will lose the beauty and the wonder and the awe and ultimately the presence of God in it. See that. You will lose the beauty of him, the wonder and the awe of who he is. Ultimately, the presence of God will be lost. Think about when you share Jesus with somebody, you share the gospel. How many of you have ever shared the gospel with somebody? Okay. You're not trying to get them to believe a list of beliefs. You're trying to get them to meet Jesus. Am I right? Why? Relationship. Ultimately, they can come to a place of things they believe, but you're interested in them meeting God personally then what happens because they have met him? There's a difference there. Tim Keller, who just died in the last day, I think, said this. Religious people find God useful. Christians find God beautiful. And the beauty of God begins to be grasped because we move beyond a set of beliefs into actual relationship with him. See, part of our ongoing discipleship that involved things like prayer, reading and the meditation of the scriptures, worship, community coming together, these things are actually what you would consider religious activity. That's why I quarrel with Christianity is not a religion. Well, well, it is in a sense that we do things that would be considered religious activity. We pray, we read a Bible, we go to church, we worship, right? These are the things 
that allow us to create a habitation for personal relationship and experience with God. Now, I don't do these things to try to have an experience with him, okay? But what happens is because I do these things, they allow a habitation to be where God can come and be with me relationally. See that? It's kind of like this. So everybody listen. So we sang three songs of praise and worship this morning. I did not do that so I could experience God. Because if you do it that way, it's wrong-headed. Because I'm looking for a worship experience. And if I don't feel something, I was like, man, well, I guess that wasn't worth time. That's not true. We, we praised him and he, we worshiped him because that's what we do because he's God. Now, whether or not you felt like it, it was worth it, right? Whether or not you liked any of the songs we sang, it was still worth it. Let's, let's say there's a Sunday where, where something just goes wrong with the sound or, or somebody sings off key and everybody's like, whoa, what's going on? It's okay because we're worshiping God. It's, it's fine. Keep going, right? Because worship is not about who? You. That's true. But yet, you may have experienced him this morning in our worship. Because our activity creates a habitation for relationship to grow. See what I'm getting at? That we do things that allow God to do what he desires, and that's relationship with us. You realize that God desires relationship with you much more than you desire relationship with him, you know that? And the only reason you can have relationship with him is because he wants relationship with you. As the Bible says, you first love only because he first loved you, right? That's what he's after. First John chapter number two. First John chapter 2 and verse number 3. Let me just, let me just show you something about this here. One, one aspect of this. First John chapter number 2 and verse number 3. If I can find it. There we go. Very simply, it says... And by this, that we have come to know him. Again, that experience of, of relationship. If we do what? We keep his commands. Now, here's what happens. By obeying him, and, and, and the, the letters of John here, these epistles of John, wrap this thing up. It's talking about teaching us how to love, okay? That's what this is all about. So what is command? We learn to love. When we are obeying him, it seems like that, okay, I've got to come into rule keeping. Here's things that he wants me to do. Here's a bunch of, I guess you call them rules or commands, and I've got to keep these. Because we don't want to be like it says in Titus, they claim to know him, but by their actions, they really don't know him. So we don't want that. But we have to understand when, when we're learning what it means to be a Christian, 
I think it opens up to something like this. This is a quote from a guy named G.K. Chesterton. Listen to what he says here. The more I considered Christianity, the more I found that while it had established rule and order, the chief aim of that rule and order was to give room for good things to run wild. Think about that. See, the purpose of following and in learning there's a life to live and there, there's commands and there's things to do and things not to do. The reason for those things is primarily for your relationship with God to run wild. For abundant life and for freedom to capture the fullness of who you are. Because that which marred man's relationship with God in the first place is being taken care of, but not just taken care of, but lived out. And what that does is it clears out all the clutter and all the junk for what? Full, reconciled relationship. Right? So, so Christian, that second slide is what we've been saying. I want to know Jesus beyond the list of things that I believe. I want to know Jesus beyond the list of things that I believe. See, our submission and obedience as disciples help form the avenue of continued revelation of God through which we experience him. By the way, everything you know about God, he's the one that decided to show it to you. You know nothing about him that he has not decided to reveal. And part of beginning to know him, but also then gaining head knowledge and, and seeing there are rules and there are commands, there's a way to live. These, again, are, are the parameters of way that God continues to reveal himself. Why? So we can know him. It goes beyond these sets of doctrine that we believe. And, and, and you know, I, you, you could go to, uh, uh, like, the Apostles' Creed or, or sometimes that we will play before service, the Nicene Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered unto Pontius Pilate, crucified, dead, was buried. Right? You can do the whole creed. Great. Good teaching tool. These are things that we believe. But I want to know Jesus beyond the creed that I can recite. Amen. I want to know him. Right here. Because what happens is, sometimes when we're following him and we begin to learn something, we go, whoa, I don't understand that. Or this, I don't know, what's the big deal about that? The more you get to know him, the more that stuff makes sense. The more you know him, the more it's easy to go, okay, and submit. See that whole thing, it goes, it turns circular. I know him, here I begin to experience him, then I learn more, and because of my experience with him, this sort of makes more sense, and it kind of, kind of gets in a circle. That the things that I believe 
a revelation that's supposed to get down to my heart to open me up for experience. Then, then I discover, oh my goodness, this thing with God is not just this churchy, religious-sounding stuff, but there's a beauty to this. That the stuff about God is he's not just this religious figure out there, but there, there's this, this wonderful, wonderful presence. This whole working out of overcoming sin in my life, oh my goodness, isn't just about stuff I can't do anymore, but wow, I'm finding freedom. And that's what my soul longed for the whole time. And then all of a sudden you go, and then, then one day it'll, it'll click in your brain, a light bulb will go off and go, this God who I serve is so expansive and incredible, I will spend all of eternity getting to know him. Because God is so deep and he's so wide. And it's ongoing, my goodness, capturing your curiosity a little bit. Getting inside of your imagination. Oh my gosh, this is who God is? This is who he can be? My goodness. And a drive to know him. And a hunger to know him. And for everything that I say I believe, I want that belief to be an open door into an experience with him. That he is my God, my God. And I am his child. Think about that. It's this lifelong pursuit that never stops. That is the essence of discipleship. Why do you follow him? Why believe him? him? Okay, okay. I want to get to heaven. Okay, yeah, yeah. But to know him. To know him. I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of things that I used to think about our world and how I would respond to our world that have entirely changed because it wasn't just something I was reading in the Bible, but because I started to get to know him. Sometimes when you read something in the scriptures, I say, wow, that's not easy. But the knowledge, okay, but this is what the scripture's saying. Then you chase after him in that regard, and all of a sudden, there's something about you that starts to change in regards to it. Now, oh my goodness, my perspective is entirely flipped on that. I'm growing in my, my relationship with God. You see what I'm getting at? I want to know him. No surface level Christianity. No playing around in the baby end of the swimming pool. Just dang on your feet in there a little bit. See? No cliche living, going through the motions. This is what I do because I'm a Christian stuff. 
See, prayer and worship and the study and the meditation of the scriptures and fasting when, you're, when you felt in your heart you need to and, and coming together for church, all these things that are religious activity, they're doors to relational intimacy with God. There are things that I do because I believe, but they are things that I do because it helps me know him. See what I'm getting at? Well, I want to know him. There, there is an affection that goes from our hearts to the world. When you're truly captured by the sense of relationship with God, that whole business of being a light to the world absolutely changes. It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like if, if, if I was telling somebody about my wife, I said, well, yeah, this is, this is where she works, this is kind of what she looks like, this kind of car she drives. You know, I can give you some basic information. Oh, that's nice. But it's a whole different story when I have a relationship to bring her to that person, and this is my wife. See, when you have an intimate relationship with God and you take him to the world, you're not spewing facts about him. You're bringing relationship. It's, it's a whole different story. And there's something to that. See what I'm getting at? I want to know him. So at the church, let's be disciples together. Let's do this for the long haul, long-term disciples. But start with this basic idea to know him. Amen? We do that. All right. Let's pray. Quit there. Well, we'll keep talking about discipleship next week. Oh, Jesus. If you've been distracted... From him. Bring your focus back. If you've been going through the motions, okay, stir yourself up. If you've been lazy and lackadaisical about things, Again, stir yourself up. If you shied away from him because you have tough questions, don't shy away from him. Jump in with him. Wrestle with him about it. If you're running from him because you've been in sin, quit hiding in shame. Come to him. He'll forgive you. Let the hunger of our hearts respond to this overwhelming drive of God to know us. 
Lord, my prayer is that people were stirred up for you. Lord, we desire you. And Lord, that turns into life activity, conscious, deliberate decisions each day to do things, to connect with you. And we know simply because the scriptures testify that there will be moments that you meet with us. And that we may not be able to completely describe it, we describe it, we may not be able to completely prove it to somebody else, but we know that we're experiencing you and growing in a relationship with you. Thank you for that. I pray for each one of us, our curiosity is captured by you. I pray for each one of us, we're refreshed and revived, we're coming alive in you. I pray we're finding freedom. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, we all say amen. Amen. All right.